This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. For more information, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. There are many people out there who have the next great something, and they have an idea that being able to develop this would be a great process, but they have a fear of going out on their own. So what do you do? Patrick McGinnis chronicles this quandary in the book, The 10% Entrepreneur. Patrick is a venture capitalist and founder of Dirigo Advisors. He is also a freelance writer for various publications like the Huffington Post, Forbes, and Business Insider. And he has authored this book, and we welcome him to the show. Patrick, welcome. Hey, thanks for having me. Thank you. Uh, so 10%. How, how did you arrive at, at the 10% number? So this was something I, I, I did this myself. So I was the guy, you know, fumbling around in the dark room looking for the light switch <laughs> in my own life. And... As I thought about it, I came out of this experience where my career went into upheaval and I was looking for some diversification. And so I started thinking, well, you know, what's a, an appropriate amount of time to spend on things outside of my day job that's meaningful but achievable? And so as I thought about that, you know, I started at 20 percent and I thought that feels like a lot. Let me get down to 10 percent. And then over time, you know, I thought about the fact that it was sort of like a tithe in a sense, it's, you know, meaningful, but, but, but you know, it, yeah. it's, it's achievable. And also... I found out that the average angel investor actually invests 10% of their net worth in side ventures. So it just kind of the market cleared at 10%. How many potential entrepreneurs do you think that, that are scared away because they feel like they're potentially sticking their neck out there, like they have to go 100% or they can't go at all? So I think it's a substantial number of people. I and mean, I think about the business community and friends that I know who are working in law firms or banks or corporate jobs. How many of them look at what's going on in entrepreneurship and say, well, I'd love to do that. You know, my next-door neighbor's kid is 24 and has a startup and has raised $5 million or, or, or even, you know, something much smaller. You know, I've always wanted to run the restaurant or something like that. And, and they look at that and they say, you know, it's great, but, you know, I have a good job. I have, you know, I'm doing, you know, something that I always wanted to do, and I'm not going to give all that up for the roller coaster that's entrepreneurship. So I think it's actually quite pervasive. Um, it's something that, you know, as I've talked to people with the book being out, I've been shocked at how many people, you know, throughout society are actually struggling with this, with this dilemma. So the idea is to try and use these entrepreneurial ventures as kind of a, it is a little bit of a safety net or, or a backup, is it? Or is, is maybe that even too harsh to say? Well, it can be. So, you know, we live in obviously in volatile times. I, I came up with this idea because of 2008, but obviously this week we're all reminded what can happen when things go wrong on the global scale. You know, your job could be gone. So I wanted people to think about how to diversify themselves away from their day jobs. But at the same time, you know, we live in a time where entrepreneurship has become a big business. And so if you aren't participating in the new economy in one way or another, you're really sort of you're missing out on an opportunity to take part in some really significant upside. 844-WHARTON is the number to give us a call. 844-942-7866. We are talking with Patrick McGinnis. The book is The 10% Entrepreneur, Live Your Startup Dream Without Quitting Your Day Job. Again, 844-942-7866 if you'd like to join in and ask a question of them. Or if you'd like, you can send us a comment via Twitter. 
either at BizRadio111 or my Twitter account, which is at DanLoney21. I guess you bring up a couple of different uh, ideas for for segments of the business community that really kind of lend themselves to being a 10% entrepreneur. One which I found is interesting, and I've got a couple of friends that I know that are, are kind of working in this industry right now more on a full-time basis, but they started out part-time, is is the the craft beer industry. And and that's one that, that just has kind of really played itself into this uh, type of 10% possibility, correct? It really has. I mean, it's one of those industries where the barriers to entry in terms of capital are quite low. So you can start in your basement with a homebrewing uh, sort of kit that doesn't cost a lot of money. You can get it on Amazon. And you can actually build a business from, you know, bottle by bottle by bottle. And then over time is your brand. You build your brand using social media, which is also basically free. You get going. I actually found three companies that came that I, in my research for the book, I ended up profiling two. But this is an industry that's really taken off. And I think, you know, you'll see, I mean, this is, this is going to play out in other industries where, you know, because of technology and because of all of the tools that we have at our disposal, you can really start something for nothing. How many people that you've come across, and maybe you've heard this and have to kind of, you know, take this out of their mindset, that when you tell them 10% is all you need, they say, that just, it doesn't seem like a lot. It seems like, you know, I'm dipping my toe in the water a little bit. Right. So that's a, that's a fair question. It's the, it's the number one question I get from people, especially people who watch Shark Tank. Because yeah. there is this, you know, there's, there's this mythology and this culture about entrepreneurship that's like, if you're not eating ramen and living in a box on the <laughs> side of the road, you're not committed, right? Yeah. Um, and, and listen, if, you know, that, that certainly is a viable path for some people. Oftentimes it's people who have savings or family to back them up or something. Yeah. But for the rest of us, you know, 10% is a place to start. So it may go to 100% or, you know, 110%. But it's a place to start to figure out, A, do you like doing entrepreneurship? Is it something that appeals to you? Does your business idea make sense? And then, you know, as, an entre- as a 10% entrepreneur, oftentimes the way you get started is by investing or advising the ventures of others. So you are playing a, a side role, and maybe you start something on the side and scale it up. But the idea is that it's really an access point. So 10% can be enough, but it also may be that you find that you love it, you have a great idea, you have promise, and then you scale up beyond that. Are, are the majority of entrepreneurs in 100% or is it coming more towards the 10% right now? So I think it's becoming more common to have, you know, some people use the word side hustle. I don't love that word because yeah. that word often implies like freelancing and, and this is about owning something. But I think it's becoming much more common. If you think about it, the iPhone came out less than 10 years ago. Yeah. The iPhone changed the way that all of us work. It made our lives much more flexible. And so as a result, you can do so much more than you did before, and the cost of technology has gone down. So I think we're seeing that you know, this is a trend that I spotted, and I think you know, as I look around, I think it's, it's set to accelerate, if anything. Todd joins us from Denver, Colorado. Todd, welcome to the show. Uh, hello. My question was kind of on the point you were just making. Is there sort of a heuristic in place for understanding when you truly fully commit to one of these side ventures? because eventually you're going to probably need some investment money to really fulfill it. And you self-fund it, pull from your savings or 401k, or try to raise some capital from investors, and they usually like to see more of a fuller commitment and a comprehensive business plan or at least some results. Great. So I'll take that question on, Todd. Uh, Thanks for the question. 
So it is true. I think you, when you get to a point where, um, you know, a lot of 10% entrepreneurs get to a point where they say, listen, this thing is doing really well. I don't know what to do. Should I leave my day job now and go into this full time? And my answer is always, listen, number one, if you can afford to do it, if you can live a life that you feel is appropriate for you and your side venture, then you should consider going full time. If you cannot, but you want to continue to grow, you should consider taking on a partner who can spend more time on it and help you leverage your time. But once you get into raising capital, that opens up a new set of questions that you've identified. And I believe, you know, there's two ways to think about it. On one side of the coin, you know, investors could be sort of comfortable with the idea that you're doing it on the side for the simple fact that it's far more sustainable. When you jump in full time, you basically give yourself a limited amount of time until you run out of money in which, you know, to make the thing work. And oftentimes that puts a lot of pressure on you to sort of like um, make things work in a, in, a, in, a, in a short period of time where maybe, in fact, you need more time to experiment. So in a sense, you could argue, and I've had, you know, people that I profile in the book who have done that, you know, sort of doing this on the side while raising some capital. But oftentimes investors do expect you to raise, sort of, if, if you are raising money, to focus on it 100%. And I think that is ultimately if you want to build a real scale business and raise capital, you should be at the point where you're comfortable jumping in full time. Now, having done it on the side, you'll have validated the idea so your chances of success are much higher. Todd, great question. Thanks very much for joining us on the show. 844-942-7866 is the number to give us a call. Uh, you talk in the book, Patrick, about kind of five different types of, of entrepreneurs uh, in terms of uh, of the 10%, uh, the 10% category. Yes. So there are five types of 10% entrepreneurs, and, and each one will be tailored to, you know, you can be more than one, of course, but sure, yeah. you choose your path based on your resources, the time and the capital and the, and the knowledge and relationships you have. But the five are an angel investor, which many of you know, the listeners will be, yep. will be familiar with. Next is an advisor, where instead of investing capital, you invest your time for stock. The third is being a founder, you know, operating something that you started on the side. Fourth is an aficionado, which is, you know, I have a passion and I want to do that, not necessarily you know, I'm not necessarily 100% profit-driven. I also love to cook, and I want to invest in a restaurant and cook there. And the final is the 110% entrepreneur, and that's somebody who is already an entrepreneur and has made that big concentrated bet and says, I want to use 10% entrepreneurship to diversify myself because I realize that entrepreneurship is high risk, and I want to have other things going on the side. How much do you think uh, of the people that are, that are in this kind of 10% category – how much of them do you think are, are in there because they're looking to invest their money or how much is it because of what they bring to the table, their, their mind, their, 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 their backstory? How much, how much does that play into it as well? So I think the mind and backstory is sort of, that is a non-negotiable. You must have a point of view and a okay. knowledge base. Otherwise you're throwing your money out the window Right. in, in terms of, the people who actually commit capital. I mean, that is a smaller group of people. Obviously, um, you know, there is this perception out there that you need millions of dollars to be an angel investor. That's just not true. You can start out at you know, several thousand dollars. So yeah. it's actually pretty, uh, pretty democratic these days. But I do think that's a smaller group of people, people who are comfortable with the risk of putting their capital to work. Um, you know, maybe, uh, maybe, maybe it's like, you know, 10 or 20% is what, is what I've seen anecdotally. 
Pat McGinnis joins us. The book is The 10% Entrepreneur. Your comments are welcome at 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866 to give us a call. We mentioned the beer industry as kind of being a segment that kind of really plays into being a 10% entrepreneur. Are there other sectors out there that are kind of leaning that way right now? Yeah, so I think you know any industry where you can get going um, and you can do it in a highly flexible manner in which you don't need a ton of capital really lends itself to 10% entrepreneurship. So obviously technology, where you nowadays, I mean, you can build a website for basically nothing, right? Yeah. Using some of the online tools. Anything where you are trying to reach a consumer that way, you know, people do this with sort of Etsy stores that then evolve into maybe their own online shop. Um, those are the types of things where, where it's the easiest. But I've also seen people, um, for example, we had a, a really great story in the book about a woman uh, who has a company called Masala Baby, and it's, a, it's yeah. children's clothes. And that you know, started out in her basement and is now you know, all over the country, actually, in hundreds of stores. So I think it just depends on finding an industry that you can scale in a, in a, in a rational way. And, and similarly, there are, there are certain businesses that people may think would would lend themselves to being a ten percent entrepreneur, but really they don't fit as well. But it's it's the understanding, and maybe it takes you know getting into starting to kind of get this business going to understand that yeah no this is this is something that's going to take a lot more of my time than just ten percent. Absolutely, and that's the great thing about the strategy is it's it's really sort of like incrementalist, right? So it's so pragmatic. You do it. You know, maybe you've chosen an industry that's not going to work. Well, you know, you'll find that out pretty quickly, and then you can move on to the next thing. 844-942-7866. We're joined by Patrick McGinnis. The book is The 10% Entrepreneur. Join us now, 844-942-7866. For some of the people that, that uh, you know, are bringing their knowledge to the table and, and, and being an advisor, it, it, it seems to me that part of it would be, you know, they obviously have success in another venue, but maybe it's just because they're in, in that kind of advisory role that, you know, they're, they're getting a little bit of a rush of being involved in a certain project that they feel like they can get behind. Precisely. And this is, you know, the, the advisor piece is great for people who maybe don't have the capital or don't want to invest capital. It's also great for people who say have been entrepreneurs or have or, or have worked in corporate environments for a long time and say, you know, I love what I do on a daily basis. I'm not looking to give it up. I'm not looking for that up and down roller coaster. But I love working with entrepreneurs and I love building something new and I love building new skills. I have a great example in the book of a person who works in a private equity firm, a big private equity yeah. firm, doing billion dollar deals. But, you know, they're excited about working with the new companies because. They love building something new, but more than that, it makes them a better investor because they know where the trends are going in the industry. What do you think? What do you think it means right now with with the way the economy has gone the last few years, uh, coming out of the recession, uh, in terms of the numbers of ten percenters that we'll see? Obviously, you know the, the economy, especially here in the United States, is still a big big topic because of the fact that it, you know everybody has kind of expected this unbelievable robust growth. And it just hasn't happened. I mean, we've had some growth, sure, but not what a lot of people expected. Yeah, it's true. And, you know, I was, so I was a victim of the financial crisis, I guess, if you in, in quotes there. I'm not sure, if, how, you know, if you can call it a victim, but I was right in the middle working at AIG, and, you know, my company basically blew up. Oh, so, I, I, so I have, you know, I have this, like, bias towards diversification built into my DNA at this point. Yeah. Uh, but what, what I've seen is, you know, many of my peers, but especially in people who are, you know, starting their careers in their 20s is 
they came of age in a time of uncertainty, right? These are kids who were born after 9-11. They have known nothing but uncertainty and volatility. And so as a result, they don't expect a stable career. They don't expect to stay in their job more than a couple of years. And so I think, you know, even more so, and it's in the younger people that I see that everybody is doing something on the side. It's the millennials that are going to make this a really sort of major part of the way that we build our careers going forward. You also talk about, and and you've talked in the past about, about this term, and you've kind of been credited with coining it, uh, the fear of missing out or, or FOMO. Uh, and, and that's something that in this realm, I would think there are probably a lot of entrepreneurs that have an idea and maybe are a little worried about going forth with the idea and have this fear of potentially missing out on something big. Yeah, FOMO is a, is a, is a big driver of, of people who wish they could be entrepreneurs because they see it happening, right? We all see it happening around us, all of the things that are happening. But to actually then jump in full time is really difficult. So you've had this fear of you know, missing out on your potential in a sense. And so this, you know, I, I think that is another real reason why, why 10% entrepreneurship is so powerful is that you can, with you know, a portion of your time, not only do something that's meaningful professionally or financially or you know, in terms of upside, but you can do something that allows you to feel like you're sort of maximizing your true potential. Mm-hmm. And that allows you, you know, I think a, a level of happiness that you wouldn't find if you weren't doing something on the side. Is part of this also that, that people seemingly hate downtime more and more these days? They don't want to have idle hands at this point? That may be true. I, and I think, you know, it's, it's funny. We, don't, we, don't, we never get bored anymore, do we? We always no. have our phone to pick up. <laughs> but I, I, think it's, I think for me, um, what, what it's provided for me actually is an area of focus. So I, yeah. I, I would agree. You know, I... You could spend all your life looking at YouTube videos and watching TV shows on Netflix. But I find with a 10%, I actually have something that's more important to me that is actually doing something good for the world and for myself rather than simply spending my time on leisure activities you know, that might be fun. But you know, it's kind of like, like eating up cotton candy. Great to have you on the show, uh, Patrick. Uh, thanks very much for giving us your time. Uh, the book is out uh, in bookstores and online. People can find it in those venues. Yes, you can. And you can also go to my website, patrickmcginnis.com. I have a quiz there you can take to actually see what kind of 10% entrepreneur you are, and you can get a free chapter of the book. Great. Thank you, Patrick. Greatly appreciate your time. All the best. Thanks for having me, Dan. You got it. Patrick McGinnis. The book is The 10% Entrepreneur. Live your startup. Dream without quitting your day job. For more business news and analysis from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.